If you have a Bible, you might like to turn to Philippians chapter 4, because we're going to be there again today as we go through this series. And um, I don't know if you study the titles. The titles of the sermons are always something that are quite important to me. Um, They might mean nothing to you, but they mean something to me. And today's title is like water to a fish. And I've just been sitting here looking out the window at the torrent of water that has been falling and wondered whether there's a connection. I'll leave you to figure that out by the time we get to the end of this one. For our 15th wedding anniversary, uh, Lisa and I went to Rome for a couple of days. And uh, I bought this really rather nice tie in Rome, which is why I am wearing it this morning. But what we also did while we were in Rome is we took a trip to visit the Vatican. We got up early one morning and we joined with hundreds of other people who, like us, had booked a tour. We followed the lady with the pink umbrella who was our guide, and who was the font of all knowledge of all things Vatican. There was only one place where she didn't speak. There was only one place where she was silent. Actually, there was one place where everybody was silent. In the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican, no one speaks. No one is allowed to speak. No one speaks because this is a place to stand in awe and take it in. Actually, the truth is, everyone is told very clearly that they are not to speak. But that is to allow for the beauty of the paintings that you will see and give the opportunity for everybody else to appreciate that beauty. It is truly extraordinary and particularly the painted ceiling, which is full of the work of the 16th century artist Michelangelo. One of those ceiling paintings is now what is known as the iconic God and Adam, and we have a picture of it here for you this morning, so if you're unfamiliar with this picture, you should be able to see it on your screen now. This is a majestic piece of art that may contain a deep truth about God. If you look carefully at this picture, you can see that God is reaching toward Adam with great intensity. It appears that God is twisting his body so that he can get as close to Adam as is possible. God's head is turned towards Adam and his gaze is fixed on him. God is stretching out his arm, his index finger extended as far as it can be. Now the truth is, this painting was very different, a very different way of depicting God than any painting that had gone before it. Because here, in Michelangelo's picture, God appears to be moving towards Adam. It's almost as if God is impatient to close the gap between himself and the one that he created. God, it appears, wants to be as close as he can be to Adam. Apparently, this is one of the messages that Michelangelo wanted to convey through this painting. God is as close as he can be. But there is a gap between God and Adam. God has come as close as he can be, but he leaves a gap. 
He leaves room for Adam to choose his response. I'm going to leave you to hold that thought as we go through the rest of this talk together. There's a deep truth captured in this masterpiece. God is as close as he can be, but there is room for you to choose your response. I'm going to read what we've read many times before, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul has encouraged us to rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in the Lord always, and to rejoice in the Lord in everything. In these challenging times, perhaps we need to hear these words more than ever. But now Paul invites us to let our gentleness be evident to all. In these challenging times, gentleness is not perhaps a quality that springs to mind as being particularly useful or helpful. In these challenging times, as we stand once more on the precipice of a total lockdown, I am mostly wrestling with being anxious. But Paul invites us to let our gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near, and not to be anxious about anything. The word Paul uses here for gentleness describes a temperament that is seasoned and mature. Seasoned and mature. The illustration of gentleness that I particularly like is this one. If I catch a daddy long legs in my hand, I have the power either to crush it or to let it go. A temperament that is seasoned and mature. Gentleness is a response of steadiness, of even-handedness, of fairness. We might say it's the opposite of a response of a sense of panic or an overreaction to a situation. Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The truth is, gentleness or a lack of gentleness affects all of those around me, and it affects all of those around you. Um, gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit, you'll remember, which Paul encourages us to reflect upon in Galatians. Psalm 1 talks about followers of God being like trees planted by streams of water that bring their fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, in season. 
perhaps it is true that when the pressure is on, in the times when we are most likely to panic or be anxious, or when we are feeling most stressed, that we need our fruit of gentleness in our response to others. And perhaps now, in these challenging times, we especially need the fruit of gentleness. Well, if I'm honest, I find that a challenge. I know that when I am up against it, when I feel under pressure, when I am backed into a corner, when I am feeling anxious about things, my natural response is to want to come out fighting. I know that when I am finding life difficult and challenging, I become more easily angry. And I know that my responses affect those around me, yet I still struggle. And maybe you do too. Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Paul invites us to a deep truth, a deep and profound and important truth, one that might just be captured in Michelangelo's God and Adam. Paul says the Lord is near. God is as close as he can be. God is reaching towards those he loved and created and those he therefore loves. God is intent on closing the gap. God has his face turned toward those he loved and those he therefore, sorry, those he created and those he therefore loves. God created you. God's face is turned toward you in love. God is as close as he can be. Actually, God constantly wants to remind his people that he is near. To Abraham, God said, Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. To Joshua, God said, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. To Mary, God said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Through the prophets, God said this many times. This one I've taken from Isaiah. So do not fear, for I am with you. In Psalm 23, David reflects on God's response with him. You know this verse. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And Jesus, in Jesus, God comes to live among us, calling himself Emmanuel, God with us. God is near. God is close. God is closer than you think. One day, 
When Jesus was walking with us, he went up a mountainside and sat down. He began to teach. He taught us how to pray. He said, when you pray, pray this. Our Father in heaven. Heaven gives the idea that God is remote, that he's up there somewhere. It gives the impression that God is far away. And in one sense, that is true. God is transcendent. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. He is the God who is way out of our grasp. But our Father in heaven can also be translated our Father in the heavens. Translated this way, it means that God is close. The kingdom of the heavens, Jesus was telling us, is here, now, close, all around us. That God is our Father in the heavens means that God is literally as close as the air we breathe. It means that God is with us now in all things, as close as the air we breathe. God is as close as he can be. God is with us always and in everything. Psalm 139 reminds us that there is no place that we can go where God is not with us. I'm going to read those words and I'm going to read it from the message version because it captures it beautifully. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. In fact, darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they are all the same to you. I love this thought. The presence of God to us is like water to a fish. I love that thought. The presence of God to us is like water to a fish. Just think about that for a moment. The presence of God to us is like water to a fish. A fish is completely surrounded by water. It lives in it, swims in it. It does everything in water. The water around a fish is what gives it life. It breathes it and is alive only because of it. Out of it, a fish dies. But a fish may not even be aware of the presence of water. The presence of God to us is like water to a fish. God is with us always in everything. That is true in the moments, the times, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, when we are not aware of it. It's true even if you choose to deny it. God is as close as he can be. 
The deep truth that Paul is inviting us to is that because the Lord is near, we do not need to be anxious about anything. Because God is as close to us as he can be, because his presence to us is like water to a fish, we do not need to be anxious about anything. Because the Lord is near, because he is as close as he can be, we can take all our concerns, all that worries us, all that stresses us, all that intimidates us, all that causes us to fear to God. One day, Jesus tried to escape and go to a quiet place, but the crowds followed him. It was the end of the day and they were hungry. The disciples wanted to send all the people away so that they could go and find food to feed themselves. But Jesus said to the disciples, you feed them. The disciples said they didn't have enough to do that. So Jesus took what they had and fed everyone. He even gave each disciple their own personal picnic when everybody else had finished. The disciples, actually in truth, had been with Jesus now for some time. They had witnessed extraordinary things that they may never have thought they would ever see. They have seen things they would never have imagined possible. Healings, the calming of storms, raising the dead, casting out demons, turning water into wine. Yet in this moment, on this day, when Jesus says to them, you feed them, they appear in their panic to forget who is with them. They forgot that God is as close as he can be. Literally. He was right there, standing with them. And yet in this moment, they forgot. It appears it didn't occur to any of the disciples to ask Jesus to help them. Maybe, friends, we make that mistake too. Paul says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. The disciples thought that nothing could be done. Jesus saw it differently. Perhaps that's true for you and me as we face what is in front of us in these challenging times. Perhaps, friends, God sees it differently. Perhaps we would do well to look to ask, and to ask for his help. Perhaps we would do well to remember that the Lord is near, that he is as close as he could be, and to start there. Perhaps we would do well to start with God and not to start with our own resources. It evidently took Michelangelo four years of intense effort to complete his fresco, God 
and Adam. He painted it standing on a scaffold, painting above his head. Evidently, he spent so long looking upwards for hours at a time that he came only to be able to read a letter while holding it at arm's length above his head. But his picture tells a deep and profound truth. The Lord is near. God is as close as he can be. It reminds us that the central promise of the Bible is, I will be with you. It reminds us of the extraordinary effort to which God has gone to be Emmanuel, God with us. It reminds us that the gap between God and Adam is so that Adam can choose his response. Paul writes, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God is as close as he can be, like water to a fish. There is a gap. You get to choose what happens next. Amen.